not sure why the uh, the Lord laid certain things on your heart, and most of the time that uh, when we do that, uh, you know, our crowd is down, there's a lot of sickness or whatever. But as we uh, plan to to uh, observe the Lord's Supper this afternoon, uh, the qualifications as far as church is concerned that uh, you've got to be a member of the church that you attend. So church membership is uh, very important. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22. Paul said, I have put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. We didn't take a lot from that verse, but uh, it certainly is enough there for us to believe and practice closed communion. Book back or so in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. He should have the preeminence in the church because. If you belong to a Baptist church, you belong to a church that he started. And uh, out of that church, one day will become his chosen bride. But in Philippians, or uh, Romans, Romans chapter 12, verse 4, Paul here writing said, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. For we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one member one of another. When we look at Romans 12, verse 4 and 5, and we study those two verses, is clear to me, as Paul said, for as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. Which, if you study the background of the Roman church or any other church, uh, I believe that when you hold an office, uh, you know, the church is now so small that if you're going to have an office for everything, it's just somebody that's willing, not necessarily the better candidate. And sometimes they are. But yet, God said, for as we have many members 
in one body and all members have not the same office. So, we being many are one body and every one members one of another. There is no status in church membership. There's only two ordained offices. That's pastor and deacon. Everything else, if you got a good regulated church that the officers would be chosen by those men. But God tells us, as Christians, our flesh has been crucified with his affections and lusts with Christ at Calvary and the old man of sin is is dead. Now, when we look at Romans chapter 6 and verse 6, Paul said, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him and that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Now, if we take it in context with what we've read in the other, then we look at Romans chapter 7 and verse 4, where he said, Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that he should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Now, what he's talking about is the local church, and out of that local church will come his bride. So when, when God says, Wherefore by my brethren ye also are become dead to the law. In other words, you no longer believe that you can do anything to add to your salvation. The law is set of rules, you know. And if we try to keep the law so we'd be saved, if you break one law, you're guilty of all. So the only one that paid the penalty for every law that's been made is the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to realize that the head of this body is Christ, and you know, according to Ephesians and things that are under his feet that tell us uh, we have dominion over Satan sickness, you know, we... I think sometimes we don't realize the power that is in a local church. And that's what I, I said. I looked back at some notes a couple, three weeks ago. can't remember whether it was uh, Sunday morning or did it on the Facebook Live. But uh, the church is to carry out what God has said in his word that we should do. But it's sort of like it is in, you know, in politics, you know, if you want to use a crude, there's uh, very few honest men that's not in the politics for their own benefit, you know, not like the first administration, not like, some of the old presidents. But as we grow, 
and we want to get more like the world, then that's what happens. But personally, I'm, I'm glad to be a church member. Membership is in this church is not by baptizing or shaking of hands. It is by repentance toward God and faith in Jesus Christ. Because if somebody comes forward and makes a profession of faith and they want to be a member of, of this church, and we take them and we baptize them. But if they were not saved, all the baptizing in the world will not add them to this body. You have to understand that. So church membership is very, very important. So when I speak of the church, I refer to this church. I've used these statements in many sermons in the last couple of years, preaching and teaching on the church, because we still, as a body, as a nation, you know, we don't seem to understand, you know, and because we do not study on our own, and there's very few preachers that will preach these things in a doctrine, you know, one of uh, what is going on in the average church is the Halloween and the next Sunday will start, you know, Thanksgiving and the next month, Christmas. And Christ and what he called me to preach and what he called you to do as a member, we seem to let that slip. Now, as I, as I said, when I speak of the church, I refer to the church, and more specifically, I refer to our church, the Ammon Road Better Church. Because uh, if you have any convictions, you know, then... Uh, there is an individual that called me last week and said, you know, we are searching for a pastor and uh, we would like for you to come and uh, uh, candidate. I said, my candidate is over, you know. Uh, when God gets finished with me here, you know, I, I will may do some evangelistic preaching, but I I will never pass again. I'm, you know, your age, your health, everything, because a pastor is hard physically, it's hard mentally, and it takes a lot of study. It takes a, when you're counseling somebody, you, you're going to give an account to God for everything you say. So it's, it's not just, hey, come in the office, I'll, you know, let's, Talk about how bad the, the ball game was last night. It isn't what counseling is. And you've got to study to be able to do that. But the church is important. And the reason why it's important because this church is important because this church belongs to God. And every member of this church 
and only the saved are members. There may be lost people that have been baptized and may be lost people that have held an office, but they were never saved just because they were baptized. Salvation first, then baptism. And then when we're in that body, we try to equip ourselves so that we can do the best job that we know how. So anytime I'm talking about the church in this study or the following up studies, I make reference to his church, and I believe Ammon Road Baptist Church is one of his churches. And I make reference to his church at Truth in particular. I'm glad to be a member of the church. The is a definite oracle. Very important. You know, these and A and ants and S, all of those small words you'll find if you study, they are, most of them are definite oracles, which means you can't switch them around, you can't do like we do in a speech or writing a paper. So the church is important. And the reason it's important, for it belongs to God. Don't belong to the pastor, don't belong to the deacons, it belongs to God. And God adds to the church, and the church gets in trouble, fleshly wise, when we quit following God and we take everything personal. And instead of, if I'm wrong, I want to be right. So if let's find it in the word of God so we will both be on the same page. Now, our first point is the privilege of membership. You know, it, it's a privilege to be part of the church. I doubt that half of Baptists this morning don't realize that. Why? Because they've never been taught that. Christ said, I will build my church. So if we all agree that Amaro Baptist Church is his church, then none of us have a right to try to present something to the body that is not from the word of God. The main thing is conviction. And uh, as the head of the pulpit committee that called me this week, you know, people assume things. They assume things, you know. And, uh, but uh, it's a privilege to be a part of one of his bodies. And this honor was bestowed upon you or me if we're saved and we belong to this body. This honor, this honor was bestowed upon us by the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, he may use somebody. You know, God always uses people, places, things, and circumstances. More people 
join a church through tragedy. Family loses someone. The family, somebody has cancer. Somebody's had a heart attack. Somebody's in a bad wreck. So now the preachers and the church people come and we're working on the emotion. Doesn't mean that somebody can't be saved because of that, but if you are a uh, record keeper as, as I am, you'll find that when a circumstance calls a person to get religion, another circumstance can cause that person to leave that religion. Because if God saves you, good times, bad times, in the major times, you'll still be in the church. Now, let's look at something. You know, as I said, the honor was bestowed upon me by Christ and to the church and by the members of the local body of this church. It it is my privilege by virtue of, if that was on a test, what would your answer be? I'm part of this body. The honor was bestowed upon me by Christ and by the members of this local body, of this church. So it is my privilege by virtue of what? Birth. Spiritual birth. I mean, a lot of times, you know, that we get consensus from the body, the members that said, well, you know, which we're not sure about the person's baptism that came from another church. We're not uh, sure because there's no records. But Christ adds to the church. And if someone gets into the church other than the Holy Spirit leading them, then that's where we have I've come for baptism. I've come for baptism. And I have the list. You know, only one as far as my memory is, is here, but as Sister Reed, uh, Sister Rita, Sister Jean, there was eight or nine came for scriptural baptism. I don't know. She probably don't know. Rest of them probably wouldn't know. You know, was I saved after I was baptized? Then they did the right thing. Because baptism puts you in the church. The blood of Christ puts you in the family. The birth of Christ puts you in the kingdom. So, you know, People that I was talking to this week asked me if you came to the conclusion that you were saved after you were baptized, even though you've been preaching all these years, what would you do? I hope and I trust I would come for baptism. Because you're not being in the bride of Christ without scriptural baptism. You're not being in the church without scriptural baptism. So, Baptism is important. 
Notice in the book of John. This here is elementary. But here in John chapter 3, verse 3, and then verse 7. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, of a truth, of a truth, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This is one of the greatest verses because it makes it clear. You don't become through baptism. You don't come through membership. It is except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. And remember, that Tuesday morning that God saved me, I'd gone up US 25, when he saved me that morning, I became a member of God's family. And if I died during that day, I would have went to glory. But I certainly would not be in the bride because I, I didn't have scriptural baptism. I didn't have no baptism at all. You know, and people say, ah, that's, that's, it isn't important. Well, you know, I talk to people every day or at least every week, either on computer or the phone or verbally that, that says, you know, boy, I wish I had paid attention while I was in school. Why? Because the average person graduates from school with a diploma but not an education. There's a difference. So there's a difference between having a profession of faith and having a born-again relationship with the Lord. Baptism, baptized by water and the Holy Ghost. I mean, uh, notice in Matthew 28. Matthew, the 28th chapter, and verse 19. Here is the great commission. He said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now, after that person makes a profession of faith and is baptized, you start teaching them to observe the all things whatsoever I've commanded you. God said, If you do that, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. What if a church doesn't do that? Are we going to say, well, uh, you know, it's still a church? Not in my mind. You know, that's the difference between somebody who, who gives, gets his wife pregnant and she has a child. Well, if the wife is healthy, any man can get her pregnant. Don't make that individual a father. It's the same principle in church. Anybody can make a profession of faith. Anybody can walk down the aisle and say, I want baptism. But after that, then it's the job of the church, preacher number one, but the church. In this modern day now, I still remember it just as it was yesterday. 
we was having a teen service, <laughs> and there was a female, and she had a dress on that was probably eight or ten inches too short. And Sister Reed took off her sweater, went over and said, cover up your legs. Why? You let a blessed old saint do that now, and the mother will forfeit. You don't tell my daughter what to wear. No, she shouldn't have to. Nobody should have to. Except the ones in authority. You know, that is probably not a good illustration, but I mean, you know, we can't determine what that person, but if a person is missing church time and time again, what's wrong with us who are here every time the church, unless we're sick or providential injuries, write a card and say, I miss you. Just want you to know I missed you last night. Churches, independent missionary Baptist churches used to do that. Behavior. This really has more to do with continuing than joining, you know. In Matthew 28, verse 20, it said, Teaching them to observe the all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you even until the end of the world. Now, read that. It is a stipulation. He says, you know, teach them to observe the all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Who is he going to be with? To the ones who have been taught. And, you know, and that is that scripture and probably 150 others is why that I believe that, you know, as I told a, a preacher Friday, he said, you know, you're about the only one I know that believes in that uh, uh, particular bride. I said, I also believe in a particular church. I also believe in a particular person that joins the church that they need to show evidence. Why do I believe that? Because God's word teaches it. Now, you know, the first thing that uh, I got reprimanded for when I uh, taught at a (laughs) youth meeting, and I was, I tell you, I was shocked. And what I did, I said, the church needs to be run like a business. Well, you have thought I had talked up a heresy airball or something. You know why families are in financial trouble? Want to know why church is in financial trouble? Got to be taught. And those principles. But and I use the word business. Well, it offends me that you would think the church is a business. It is. Wasn't that what Jesus told his 
earthly mom and dad, I got to be about my father's business. So if Jesus can use that term, why can't we? Now, what is the business? First of all, the business is to tell as many people as we possibly can how to be saved. But you know what I am smart enough to see? That you go into a home and that mother hasn't got milk or bread to feed her child. Do you think telling them how to be saved is going to fill that stomach? No. So that's why you have stipulations. And I've told, I don't know how many of us here, but we used to have a food basket and people would come to the church and there's one person <laughs> that lived down there off 2nd Street. She came to me one, one time and she said, I don't like this brand. No problem. This is your last time getting food from the Edmund Road Baptist Church. God, if I'm hungry, I don't care what brand it is. And I see that very thing. That was probably 20 years ago. And I see that very thing now. And our government is behind it. It's entered the church. Well, Brother Vance, I really like your preaching. I really do. I'm, I'm being honest, brother. But all you preach is doctrine. Oh, I, you ought to come on a Wednesday night. I preach other things on Wednesday night. You know, they just pull them out of, out of their hat, pocketbook, whatever. You want to feed somebody. You, the whole whatever's there, everything needs to be taught. So the business, well, we see that in Luke chapter 2 and verse uh, 49. And he said unto them, How is it that he sought me? Wish ye not that I must be about my father's what? Business. What is the father's business? To witness to the world. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. After you get saved, you teach them to observe the all things. That's carrying out God's business. need to understand something. We need to understand that, that you know, just because you haven't heard something or you was brought up in a different view, let's let the Bible speak to us. And in Luke 19 and verse 13, he said this, and he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. We, if we are honest with God, if we are 
doing what we know that the Holy Spirit has taught us, God takes care of us. We just don't like sometimes the way he does it. What the lady, I mean, that's what she was saying. I appreciate the beans, but could you give me green giants? No, he isn't in part of the program anymore. So, as a member of this body, it is my responsibility, just as it is the responsibility of the hand to wash the face and the job of the feet to transport the entire body. I have responsibility to the body, the church, to which I belong. Oh, I don't, I don't hold no office. I don't want to hold no office because I don't have time to hold an office. I don't care if you've never held an office. If God saved you, he saved you for a reason. So we need to understand that. We need to understand that a church is uh, success is my responsibility and his failure is my fault. His good testimony is my responsibility and his bad testimony is my fault. It's spirituality is my responsibility and it's carnality is my fault. If I had lost my mind and said, you know, last week, this week, we're going to have a Halloween party here, it would be your responsibility to say, it's not happening in this church. Any member is responsible for the church's financial obligation. Every member should tithe and give offerings. Domestic obligations. Every member should witness and bring others. The best witness is not what I say. It's how I react to things, how I deal with different things. Domestic obligations, every member should, should, should witness. Missionary obligations, every member should give for missions. You know, I apologize to, I hope, our Lord and Savior a while back. I said, Lord, all I asked was 25 cents a day. Dollar seventy-five a week, you know, and you know, it, because if we could do that, we would see how God blesses our efforts. He blesses our intentions. So, the last point is the pleasure of membership. My church is my joy. I receive something here that cannot be purchased. It has been the center of the greatest times of my life and will continue to be my spiritual joy. He blessed me. My social joy. My select joy. I choose it. 
Nobody makes me pastor. Nobody makes me study. Nobody makes me want to share. But you've got to know that the devil will do anything he possibly can to get your mind off of what needs to be done. Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for the privilege that's been given to us to be